Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Hey, 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 it's Todd Fox from Halos in the Infield. Have you ever thought of owning your own Amazon store? Amazon is making a killing nowadays. I've been hearing a lot of buzz about people making additional income through Amazon. And that's what we all need to do, especially with the price of gas soaring, food prices on the rise, and the economy taking a fall. So why not make some extra money? So there's this company I know about called Riley Ecom, who can help you set your own store up without having to spend hours learning how to run it. They do everything for you. So if anyone is interested in knowing more about owning an Amazon store or has any questions at all, please call Jason at Riley Ecom at 562-455-7154. Tell him that Todd Fox sent you. Once again, that's 562-455-7154. Because who can use some easy money right now and some extra money? I know I can. How about you? Hey, hey, hey. Welcome into another episode of Halos in the Infield with your host, Todd Fox and... The Lone Star Halo, Fernando. Even though today I'm currently the Arkansas Halo. Oh, Arkansas. There you go. He's the Razorback Halo. Yeah, exactly. I, I woke up in Austin, had to drive to Houston to do a, a a store. And then I'm currently driving to Memphis, but I'm not going to make it to Memphis. So I'm going to be staying in Little Rock, Arkansas, which is not a phrase I ever expected to say in my life. Be careful over there. Little Rock's not exactly the uh, safest city. I'm just saying. Oh, well, the good news is that I'm staying in the heart of downtown. Oh, perfect. <laughs> and, and I'm getting in at about 10 o'clock when it's very dark outside. Mm, even better. B- please be careful. <laughs> no, okay, cool. Well, I will keep in mind what you said. Good, good. Uh, if I could have a police escort there for you, I would. I'm just saying. Okay, yeah, well. <laughs> Unfortunately, we use the budget on carne for the tailgate. So. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, right. Get, we, we need more sponsorship money, though. We are grateful for the sponsorship money we do get. Yeah, actually, we need we need to get those videos back posted on the, uh, the the website, or not the website, but the page. Keep that going. We haven't broadcast that in a couple of days. Um, so moving on, we're going to get to some topics here that my boy Fernando from Lone Star pulled up here. And uh, we're going to talk talk about some breaking news right away, which is what happened yesterday. We were thinking that, you know, the guy we traded for, you know, Brandon Marsh, we wouldn't see him, you know, Logan O'Hoppy until next year. But, uh, you know, maybe it's spring training, have a chance to be get called up midseason, something like that. But the catching situation has been so bad that they're going to give this guy the last eight games of the season – Thoughts on Logan O'Hoppy so far, Fernando, or, or what do you think he's going to provide, or what do you get, what do you think we're going to see out of him? Well, with the trash panda, um, I don't know if you got to hear the stats, but I mean he was batting two eighty three in his time uh, in the minors this year, twenty six home runs, seventy eight RBIs, and he had an OPS of nine sixty. So he's produced no matter where he's been. He has been contributing, whether it was with the Phillies or the Trash Pandas. Uh, I don't think he played the. 
uh, he played a single game with the bees, even though he was there. But um, yeah, I mean, what's wrong with giving this kid a shot? You know, he's proven that he's at least earned a spot. You know, I don't care about the service time manipulation and all that kind of stuff. If a guy's earned an opportunity to play, let him play. This obviously hasn't been Max Stassi's season. To be honest, he might be getting the Nacho Award of the Year, in my opinion. But, uh, you know, Kurt Suzuki's been Kurt Suzuki. You know, glad he's retiring. But, yeah, I'm excited for the future. I'm excited to see what Logan can do here in this small sample size with the Angels. Okay, and then I'll ask you this, because it seems like the Angels have gone a lot with defensive catchers and just said, hey, you know what, if you can call a good game behind the plate, then basically we can just we can get away with whatever you do at the plate. So, like, they'll take defense over offense. Do you see now finally a shift in the Angels' philosophy with going with Ohapi, knowing that, you know, he's not the greatest defensive catcher he's got a good good arm and you know he can call a good game from what we've seen but you know they're they're mainly it seems like they're focusing on on putting some umph in that lineup and getting some production actually from the catcher you think the angels are going to try to do that uh and focus in more on that than defense yeah perhaps i mean i've always been one of those people who wants my catcher to be defensive and that's why it's been so nice that stassi has been a surprise right yeah, I mean, we knew that he was talented with the glove, but, you know, prior to 2020, we never knew that Max Stassi could hit the broad side of the barn. And, you know, we saw it for a couple seasons, expected it this year, and all of a sudden, Max Stassi is like, how do you hit again? So, mm-hmm. yeah, you know, maybe there is a little bit of a, of a change in philosophy there. But, you know, Logan's not a minus defensive catcher. I don't think he'll ever be a top 10 defensive catcher. But he's got a decent pop time. He's got a decent arm. You know, I'm hoping he can call a decent game. And I guess one of the reasons why maybe we should have a little bit of hope of him behind the dish is the fact that when he went up to double A, it's not like the trash panda started to progress. Those pitchers were just as dominant. You know, the Kai Bushes, which I'm sure we're going to get to, uh, you know, the, the old tops, those guys were still dominant down there. Mm-hmm. I don't I think agree. Braden ended up the season with the trash pandas. I think he went down to low or to high A, if I remember correctly. But yeah, they had they had really a log jam in the, in the trash pandas organization, which is weird. Yeah. I mean, they, they've got a lot of good pitching down there in Double A. Um, say again. I said I love to see it. Yeah, me too. Um, as you mentioned, you alluded Stassi for Nacho Player of the Year. Now. Something that frustrated me, which we should have did since day one of these awards, was keep track of how many you know repeat offenders get either the Stamos or who gets the 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 Nacho Award, and then see who led the team in in various awards. I think I'm with you. Um, unless Squid got a couple more, I I, I seem to think Stassi got the the bulk of them, uh, because of the number of hat tricks or double plays, or just offers all year. I mean, the guy's batting 180 right now. Um, it's not a surprise that they're going with a little with, with a youngster here and with even Thice getting more playing time. My question to you is, now, I, real quick, he did make a statement saying that to Gooby and and, um, and Mark saying that, or, or Mark and uh, the other guy, I'm forgetting his name, uh, he told him Patrick that. Patrick O'Neill. There you go, Patrick O'Neill. 
He said that he was going to work on his hitting in the offseason. Not that he was going to work with one of the coaches, because God forbid our coaches would help him, but he did say that he's going to come back with a new philosophy next year. So he's so that says I'm going to play out the shitty performance you know in the box the rest of the year. I'm not going to change a goddamn thing even though it needs to change. I'm going to do it in the off season. Do you trust that he's going to come back better either with coaches or with his own new philosophy? I mean at this point it's all we can hope for, right? He's got two more years with the Angels assuming he doesn't re-sign again, which at this point, obviously, I don't see happening, or if they can't dump his contract somewhere. But uh, at this point, all we can do is hope that he can come back and be a productive uh, major league catcher again. You know, he obviously has the contract to still have the green light to get another opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, But I really just want to see what Logan Ohapi can do, man. I mean, I – I don't know. I, I honestly don't know what the philosophy is going to be this offseason. I'm super interested to see what's going to happen. You know, Zach Nettles, another guy we're going to talk about later. But, uh, you know, there's just so many young guys who I'm excited to see what they can do when they come up and instill a winning culture. You know, uh, normally I'm not the kind of guy that prefaces interviews that we're doing. But Todd and I are super excited because we're going to have Zach Neto and his dad on. Uh, this offseason we just need to reach back out to him and figure out a day but man that's going to be such a fun interview because that guy is such a winner Um, I'll leave it at that because we're going to talk a little bit about Zach later but um, yeah you know I'm hoping that when Logan Zach and these kind of guys like Kai Bush come up we can start to get rid of those guys like uh, you know Velasquez, Max Stassi those guys who just aren't winners yeah and that's the thing I I I mean Granted, Ohapi's not going to have a, a, a full month like he would on a September call-up to maybe put some stats up there, then run into freaking spring training, see what he could do. He's This is a small sample size of what maybe he could do. He might be able to get a couple hits here and there. But, you know, and get his feet wet with the Angels. But next, you know, spring training, I mean, if Stassi's not coming out of the gates, not I'm not even talking about on fire where he has to hit like 364 in, in spring. But hit something around 250 in, in, in good playing time in spring. If he can't do that and you're seeing Ohapi get off to a great start in playing time in spring training, I believe there's a really good chance that we could see Ohapi get the starting nod to start the season, you know, and beat out Stassi. And, and, and maybe that's where Stassi needs to be as a, as a good secondary catcher. I mean, that's what he was, right? He was a secondary catcher. I, I'm pretty sure that's why he was originally brought up here, right? I mean, correct. it wasn't until, you know, 2020 where he kind of became the guy. You know, he had a great year in 2020. But, you know, once again, there's an asterisk next to it because it was such a shortened season. You know, you had 2021 where he was still productive, but he was injured. Mm-hmm. That was Randy's big knock on him when we signed him to this three-year deal. Well, you know, he never gives us more than 80, 85 games. And now we're in a situation where we've seen him pretty healthy this year, but now he's not being productive. Yeah, he did deal with an injury and he did miss some time, but now he's not even the guy who he was in a 60-game or even an 80-game season. I agree. And like you said, that's a big clue. I mean, you you look at the catchers on winning teams, and those catchers are starting 120, 130, sometimes 140 games a year. And uh, our guy can't even crack triple digits. And, uh, you know, he's been relatively healthy. He had that minor stint, like you said. But, 
he's it's been his performance that's been keeping him off the field. I mean, when Suzuki was out doing him for a while, that was pretty embarrassing. So uh, enough. Yeah. Well, at least we didn't have to deal with Suzuki batting cleanup this year. Yeah, although they did try just about everyone in that cleanup spot. Uh, and that's one one other thing my dad was just telling me today. He's all, whatever happens next year, I don't care who's managing, but for God's sakes, no more Trout and no more Otani in that two spot. <laughs> I actually, I've always liked the idea of Rendon in the two spot. I could go with that. Like, I would like a guy, I don't want to necessarily say Fletcher because I really like Fletcher in that nine hole. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a guy who's a pure contact guy batting first, not even a Taylor Ward. Like, for instance, when Andrelton Simmons used to lead off, like that was a really good spot for a guy like him. Or when we had, you know, Eskimo, he was a really good leadoff hitter. We need a guy like that, a guy who will at least make contact, doesn't strike out, go, you know, potentially get on base. And then you have a guy like Rendon, who's, you know, supposedly Tony Tubag. He's really been Tony Tenday with the angels, but you know, he's potentially Tony two bags. So if you can get back to any shred of that, then all of a sudden you have a situation where maybe your leadoff guy let off, got on base with a walk. All of a sudden, Tony two bags gets him either to third or gets him to score. Well, now it's one, nothing. You got your big boys like trout and Otani do up, you know, and then maybe a potentially healthy Walsh at the midway point of next season. But you know, that would be a good five. Yeah, it would be a good five. And and it, the, I think the, the other thing to look at is what do they do with Renifo? You know, Renifo's had a real good resurgence, a real good, I think, finally putting his mark on baseball and letting everybody know he's here. He's He's, he's been very productive since being called up from AAA. Uh, what do they do with him moving forward? Is he the guy that's going to be, uh, you know, uh, your leadoff guy? Because when he's been the leadoff spot, the you know, team's done pretty good. What do you think about that? Yeah, you know, this is kind of my not popular opinion of the day because I do like to have those. I'm not sold permanently on Luis Renjifo yet. I'm not giving him the keys to the kingdom anywhere in the infield yet. You're only as strong as your weakest link. If Luis Renjifo is your weakest link and is coming off the bench, well, that's not a bad place to be. But when you have to rely on a guy like Luis Renjifo, who overall in his career has yet to really find – consistency for the entire year then you know you you might not be in as good of a spot you know a lot of people are saying that the angels problem this year is depth, and yeah that's the problem right now but if you think about it it's because right now they are using their depth if guys like duffy renjifo velasquez and maybe even joe adele are coming off your bench well you know what you're not in a bad position if those guys are starting, well, now we're talking about being in fourth place. But, you know, I would love to be in a situation where maybe after next season I'm eating these words and then I really am sold on Renjifo. You know, there's always something I've liked about the kid. Like, when I'm playing MLB The Show, I'll never really trade Luis Renjifo. I'll just kind of leave him, leave him in AAA because when I trade him, I'm kind of like, eh, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> you know, and I'll find myself trading back for him on the game. He's just – there's always something about him I've liked. I've liked his swagger. I've liked his attitude. And I've liked the excitement and the fun that he brings to the team because he's a guy who very clearly has fun when he's playing. But once again, I just don't feel comfortable giving him the keys to the kingdom just yet. What about you? 
I agree. I'm a little apprehensive on that, too. I would like to see more of a resume built by him, and I think a way of him doing that is if he came off as a fourth infielder next year. So I'm all I'm all in agreement with what you're, what you're saying because I feel that, say, for instance, Fletcher does have another stint on the IR next year, uh, you know, or injured list, and then all of a sudden, you know, Renifo comes in there and snaps to it. Then you kind of start to think, okay, well, do we need Fletcher? Maybe Fletcher moves to that four spot. But I would like to see him do it a little bit longer. Um, he's a good good piece, and who knows? He could be a trade piece um, because he's, he's stacked up pretty good numbers. I mean, double-digit home runs, I wouldn't have thought that. Uh, he's a doubles hitter. He's very speedy. Um, he's a good clubhouse guy. So just for the clubhouse part, I would like to keep him. Uh, but uh, we'll see what happens, man. I definitely would not, like you said, give him the keys to the kingdom yet. I think he, he still needs some time to earn it. Yeah, we'll see what Perry does. I mean, the good news with Luis Renjipo is the fact that I at least think he's for sure secured a you know fourth infielder role. Exactly. So at least that means we don't need to go out there and sign a Matt Duffy type guy. We don't need to go out there and get a Dustin Moore or a Luis Valbuena type guy. Well, we might still need to get a Justin Moore type guy because we do need to back up first baseman. Well, let me ask you this. Are you are now, we're going to get in some roster moves here, but in a second. But I want to ask you since you brought that up, Mike Ford. Are you sold on him, or are you uh, you going to bring him back? Like say, for instance, he comes off the bench, or you think you just move on? He's a guy to get you through this season. Uh, I mean, he was just DFA today. Oh, he was uh, okay. So, I'm, <laughs> whoops. <laughs> well, I, I think he's going to clear waivers. I don't think he will get picked up. He very well might. But, I mean, he was batting in the 100s, right? Yeah. So, I, I don't see a situation where somebody's going to put him on a 40-man. And, you know, if they do, then, hey, you know, good luck to you, buddy. I mean, he was cool. I liked him. I, he was fun to, you know, he was just kind of that big guy who kind of got a shot. But, um, yeah, I'm not going to cry if somebody picks him up. But, you know, if he sticks around as a minor league guy, whatever. But I mean, I don't, I don't think he's going to be on the roster come opening day. If that's your question. Okay. Well, I was, I was just thinking of depth wise, but now I, I really don't see him on the team. I don't think they would go for him next year. Um, my question though to you though, Soto, Soto has looked good. He's currently batting three seventy nine. Uh, he's filled into that infielder role really good. Uh, we talked about it last time how some of these guys you know, who aren't the high draft picks will come around, you know, and here's one guy that wasn't really highly touted, but he's done really good. He's earned himself a spot here to close out the year. Again, I need to see more from him, but do you think with his performance he's done here late August through September, do you think he gets a, you know, a pretty good chance or a shot in spring training to make this roster? I think he's definitely earned one. I mean, you know, there might be a position battle at shortstop. Now, the biggest mistake I personally believe the Angels can make, now with the exception of signing a guy like Trey Turner, is overspending at shortstop this year. Dansby Swanson, I feel like, is going to be the next Zach Kozer. I don't want the Angels to make that mistake. Now, I don't think the Angels will overspend this year at shortstop. Um, just because of the whole team up for sale situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, also the other thing is the Angels do need a shortstop. Is Soto that guy? Maybe. You know, do you give him the keys to the kingdom? Maybe. 
you know, do you give Renhifa the opportunity to, to battle for that? Yeah, also maybe. But the other thing is Renhifa had the opportunity in the spring training. And, you know, we saw those off-season videos of him working out and getting ripped and, you know, looking good coming in the spring training. And unfortunately, he wasn't able to really do much with his opportunity. So, um, yeah, maybe Soto is that guy. But it's really going to depend on what they do this offseason. Yeah, I, I, I really am stumped. I really am stumped. <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, it's a good problem to have on the outside because I think you really – I mean, look, Rendon hasn't proven shit for us, unfortunately. And I think you've got to almost keep one of those guys on hand just because, hey, man, Rendon can go down at any time. So, like, you, you got you got to feel that, hey, Tony Two Bags, if he can't stay healthy, one of these guys can fill in over there at third base and still you really don't lose much of beat, you know. Uh, you may lose some power, but you don't lose the overall, you know, hitting ability. And, and the defense is pretty good as well between Fletcher, Renifo, and uh, Soto. So, um Another question I was going to ask you, two other roster moves that were made today uh, was Archie Bradley getting recalled uh, after his um, you know elbow injury in the fight against the Mariners and a DFA of Myers. Now, we've seen him be DFA, DFA twice and return both times. Thoughts on him pitching out of the rotation and uh, like what did you what did you get from Myers pitching out of the rotation versus him out of the bullpen? Yeah, I think the guys just kind of without a mission at this point. I mean, you know, they tried him in the bullpen. He was another guy who did really well in 2020. I don't have his numbers in front of me. Obviously, I'm driving. But uh, I don't know. Maybe you can pull those up while I'm talking. But he had a great 2020. We had some hope for him. You know, 2021 came around. Just wasn't that guy. This year, same thing. Just hasn't been that guy. We know he works hard. You know, we have we have people inside the organization that say, man, this Myers guy is a hard worker. He's one of the first to arrive. He's one of the last to leave. You know, he watches film and he really works on his craft. But, you know, unfortunately, sometimes that just isn't enough. Sometimes you're throwing and they just kind of know what you're throwing up there. And they, they sit on certain things. And I think he's just unfortunately fallen victim to that. You know, he's not the guy we needed. He's not the guy we were hoping for. And he just strikes me as a guy who 2020 was a fluke and, Maybe now he grows a beard and you know starts wearing fluffy, weird suits, and maybe that's his new thing. <laughs> you know, he he did to to me. He did pitch decent out of the rotation, uh, but I think you have so many young arms up. I thought that was more of a desperation move to give guys in the minors more time to to hone in on their craft. Now, I would have loved to seen Jaime move into that role. They never really gave Jaime an opportunity right there to start. He's just been out of the bullpen. So, you know, I liked Myers at times, but I didn't at other times. His stats from 2020, he had a 210 ERA in 29 games uh, pitched and a 2-0 record with two saves. Uh, you know, he only gave up 18 hits in 30 innings, so he was very dominant. Uh, in 2021, he went 5-5 five and five with a 3.84 ERA, 72 games pitched. Uh, 71 hits in 75 uh, innings, but this year he's one and one with a 5.68 ERA. 24 games uh, appeared in, seven starts, uh, three decisions. He has 52 hits given up in 50 innings, and he's not a strikeout pitcher by by far. Uh, the most strikeouts he had this year was 35 in 50 innings, so he's not going to strike you out. He pitches the contact. Um, I 
it's one of those things where I think they got the best out of the guy they could have possibly anticipated. And so I think you kind of wipe your hands with him. I'd be shocked if they brought him back again. But um, Archie Bradley, do you think they bring him back next season? I know he signed a one-year deal, but we really didn't get to see much of him this year. Yeah, I guess it kind of just depends on what he wants. You know, maybe he signs a team-friendly deal because we didn't see much of him. Maybe it's a little bit of a proven deal for him. I mean, it's not like he's old. I think, what, he's maybe 30, 31? Mm-hmm. So, you know, and like I've said in the past, Archie Bradley's a guy who's been there. He's done that. He's played on some successful teams. He's made it in the playoffs. And he was a closer for the Diamondbacks when they were good. So he's been there. He's done that. Maybe that's a guy who you do bring back because he can kind of usher in a, a new era for the bullpen. You know, he can help be a part of, you know, a bullpen that hasn't been that bad lately. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I, we, I know in the beginning of the season, the bullpen was kind of disappointing, but lately they haven't been off. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, I, I bring him back. I mean, I forgot how much he's getting right now. I want to say he's getting over from like five to eight million dollars. So yeah, maybe give him another deal like that. Give him another, you know, give him a three to six million dollar deal. Maybe a one year deal with the second year club option and sounds, a one million buyout. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Um, a couple quick other roster moves. Uh, Rendon was activated. You know, he's starting to take live live pitching. It looks like he's going to be activated just to serve out that suspension. Uh, does he get in a bat here, or is that just a play to, like I said, serve out the suspension? Yeah, I wonder if uh, he was activated. They're just going to give him the uh, – well, the, the interesting question here, was somebody moved to the taxi squad? Because if they were, here's what I want to know. They activated him today at the time that we're recording. Obviously, you guys are listening to this tomorrow morning. Um, so – yeah, I, I wonder if they just activate him to let him serve the suspension. And then for the last three games against the uh, – was is it Oakland? The last three games against Oakland. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they just put him back on the 60-day. And then they just activate somebody from the taxi squad, and there you go. I wonder if that's what happened. That could be, you know. And, and you know, that they could just have him riding on the taxi squad and, and uh, that way they don't lose a roster spot for in-game adjustments or switches. So – we we'll have to see what goes there. Um, moving forward, also uh, roster moves with players you expect to be back and not be back. Who, who? What's your top three players to be back next season? And what are your top three that you, Fernando, the Lone Star Halo, thinks are going to be gone for good? Well, the obvious one is Kurt Suzuki, right? He's retiring, so that's mm-hmm. the obvious one. Who's not going to be back? Um, Max Stass is going to be an interesting one. Uh, I wonder if Logan finishes the year, you know, at least proving that, hey, this guy can hang here. I'm not talking about him batting 400. I'm not talking about him getting, you know, 10 home runs in six games. I'm talking about him just coming up here and having good at-bats. I wonder if Max Stass is the guy who they look to move. There's always a demand for catchers, even catchers who are struggling, right? It's mm-hmm. not like Max Stassi was a cream of the crop prospect when we traded for him, when we got him from Houston. So, you know, he's a guy who I can see leaving. Uh, so that's two guys. A third guy who I can see leaving. Let's see. 
I see a guy like Jaime Berea potentially moving or Jose Suarez. And it's not because those guys don't deserve to be here. Both of those guys have proven that they deserve legitimate chances at the rotation next year. But I think that's why they get moved. I wonder if those are pieces who are moved to potentially get a decent shortstop or second baseman here next year. Hmm. You know, we have enough of a log jam at the starting with potential starters like, you know, Kai Bush or Sam Bachman maybe getting eyes in spring training that maybe we can afford to move a guy like a high-made Berea or a Jose Suarez in exchange for a middle infield piece and maybe another prospect. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. Now, who are your three to stay that maybe people don't are not are sleeping on a little bit? Let's see. Three to stay is going to be a little tougher. Uh, I think Velasquez gets brought back as a bench Ooh, piece. You know, take. he is arbit- well. He's arbitration eligible. Mm-hmm. Do you really think they're going to let him and his glove go? <laughs> Probably not. They're too in love with that guy for some reason. Yeah, so I think he's a guy who comes back. I don't think they're just going to let him walk. Um, I think Mike Ford's a guy who gets brought back as maybe as as a guy who has an opportunity. You know what? Actually, no. Let me scratch that. I think, surprisingly, Matt Dice is going to stick around. I think he's earned himself a bench role. And the third one is going to make me seem like an idiot in two months, but I'm going to say it. You're going to laugh. People are going to laugh at me. Phil Nevin's coming back as manager next year. Oh. I think they're going to give. I think they're going to give him a shot. I think they're going to give him a one or two year shot. And here's the reason why. He was the only guy that was brought into the coaching staff this year. He was brought on as a third base coach. He was a bench coach with the Yankees. So he was brought on in the only role that was available. And the reason for that is because Perry liked him, right? Mm-hmm. I think Perry likes him in that role. You know, he was not given a fair shake. He was given a historic losing streak for this organization. He inherited the worst stretch of Angels baseball. Andrew was the one who texted me. Um, and, you know, fans of the page recognize Andrew's name. You know, he's kind of been around for, you know, our uh, year and a half run. That the Angels' entire season is defined by, uh, you know, a, a 30 games here. I'm trying to pull it up. Mm-hmm. So the Angels' season is defined by a 3-20 and 20 stretch. And a one and nine stretch. So if it wasn't for that, the rest of the season, the Angels, if they would have paid 500 ball during that stretch, they would have been sitting at like 81 and 66. The Angels are 60 and 45. Mm -hmm. Out of that stretch. Now, this was like a, a week ago that we had this conversation. But, you know, over the last week, they played pretty decent minus that ranger series <clears throat> yeah they've, they've done that whole where we're eliminated let's play better but you know again it, it, it's come down to i mean me and you've talked to this ad nauseum the, the the pitching has not been the freaking problem dude uh you know you know their their hitting has just been the problem they've not made the adjustments they've not looked good that's why certain players that we want to see go might be back might not be back we're looking for a change we're looking for an injection of offense 
you know, we're hoping for a repeat of this pitching staff next year because those stats you just brought up, we have the pitching to make the postseason. If it stands up like this next season, we just need that bottom half of the order to get going a little bit. Not even a lot. We're not asking for 300 and above. We're just asking for a 250 average at least for some of these guys towards the bottom and a higher on-base percentage. If that happens and the strikeouts go down, because, again, we're leading the league in strikeouts, and it's not even close. We're like 200 strikeouts ahead of the next team. Um, if, if we're able to make more contact next year, this team could be very fun to watch. Yeah, and I think Angels fans, you know, once they really sit back and they think about it, you know, and, and they get past the initial shock of what I said, they'll realize Phil Nevin's not exactly the problem. There is a lot of young guys who have been performing in the Nevin era. Ranjifo's a guy who has been performing. Suarez has gotten better. His tempo is sped up. Mm-hmm. Sandoval's maintained his ability to be Sandoval. So I don't think Phil Nevin's the issue. I mean, realistically, who are you going to get? You know, Don Mattingly's a name who I'm hearing thrown around. I'm hearing the Halo Bros say that because somebody asked me. And the Halo Bros said the same thing I said. It's just, do we really want Don Mattingly, you know, an old boomer who's been there and done that? No. Yeah, he led a Dodgers team to a couple of playoff runs. Great. A couple of, you know, semi-successful playoff runs. They didn't win a series with Mattingly. But, I mean, let's be honest. With some of those Dodgers teams, you know, a monkey, a rally Chris could have led that team to the playoffs. (laughs) That's a low blow, man. That's a low blow. Well, I said a monkey, and, you know, (laughs) Rally Chris was our monkey when we started the page, right? I mean, I don't mean that as an insult. I mean that because, you know, the the guy walks around with the monkey suit, for Christ's sakes. (sighs) So I don't mean that as a put-down. I mean that uh, endearingly. (laughs) Okay. Okay, we'll go with that. But let me, yeah, but John Mattingly, is he really the answer in Anaheim? Aren't you guys tired? of getting these old managers. Look at Brad Osmus, right? He had a World Series run with the Tigers. Was he the answer here? Nope. He had the experience. Do you guys really want a guy with experience, or do you want a guy who can come and at least have a blank slate, have an opportunity? You know, another guy, Matt Wise, he hasn't been a bad pitching coach. You know, when I really sat back and I thought about it, And, you know, the Halo Bros were actually patting Matt Wise's back, and I thought, you know what, they're right. Matt Wise has actually done a pretty decent job. I've been been saying that all year. I mean, the the fans have been calling for everybody's head on the the bench. And I've said there's one or two coaches that have earned a spot for next year, but every time I bring up Wise, the fans turn on him. They're like, no, he sucks. I'm like, how does he suck with a team ERA as low as it's been since 2014? Yeah, the young guys obviously like him. Yeah. I mean, look, let me ask you this, Fernando. Would you be happy if Nevin, in your case, stays, Matt Wise stays, and they just flush the entire staff, you know, basically cut everybody else, and then Nevin's able to pick his own guys? Do you think that's a winning winning thing to do right there? Or do you think the Angels would succeed with that? I think it's worth a shot. Okay. I think I've seen enough out of these young guys with Phil Nevin calling these shots. I mean, be honest with yourself. Take a second back. Is Phil Nevin the reason why this team wasn't able to turn it around this year? Be honest with yourself. 
No, I my only curious thing about Nevin is the lineups haven't changed too much. I don't know if that's an upstairs thing or not. Like if like if someone's saying, "Hey, you got to put this lineup out there," then it's not Nevin's fault. But if Nevin's continuing what they're talking about, or or he's just feeding off of what Madden did, then I then I don't think he's right for the job. But I will say that with Nevin out there, at least the pitching's gotten better than what it was. Like got like he's relied and like he's. He's literally said, okay, um, Suarez, you're not pitching 80 pitches. If you feel you can get this through this next inning, I'll let you pitch to 100. Uh, you know, Otani, uh, you, can you pitch to 110? You want to get these last couple? Of, I mean, he's showing a lot of confidence in these pitchers, and these pitchers are reacting to him. We have not seen that really in my lifetime. Because yeah. Sosha was very much like, okay, you know, you got a pitch limit. You know, Brad Osmus was the same thing. He was so heavily analytically based. And then you had Joe Madden who was like, oh, 32 pitches in the first inning? Well, well I mean, I guess that's probably not good. 32 pitches in, like, the fifth inning? Let's get him out of here. <laughs> yeah, I'm on 32 pitches in one inning? Yeah, it's probably not good. <laughs> that's not good. You're probably giving up some runs. <laughs> yeah, probably. Or you're just walking in front of guys. Yeah. I mean, I mean I, I've seen in a lot of situations, as, you know, where he – like the other night when he brought Loop in with the bases loaded, nobody out. My dad was like, "Well, they're gonna get a few runs right here." And Loop pitched out of it, and Nevin was the first one to greet him at the damn step when he came back in, and he is high fiving him, smacking him on the butt. Um, these pitchers have been reacting a lot. I've seen Jaime come over and give him a high five. Um, he went out there when Suarez gave him a good seven, and, and when Suarez gave him the ball and was starting to walk off, he grabbed his arm and told him something else. And Suarez laughed and smiled and walked off. So at least with the pitchers, you're seeing a good rapport with him. So I'll give you that. I mean, I, I just want to know, though, my question is just, is he able to change the lineups? Uh, you know, Or is that an upstairs thing where it's like, well, hey, we've got a model. You've got to follow it. Okay, well, here's the thing. So let's just say it is an upstairs thing. What's mm-hmm. the next manager going to do? Probably the same thing. Well, that's what I'm saying. Okay. I, I think the I, I think the best thing they can do here is you know what? Give him a year or two. Give him a two year contract. Almost like a prove it deal for a manager, right? You know, Perry has two years left. Give Phil Nevin two years. I let's see what he can do with the full season. Let's see what he can do with potentially a new owner. Let's see what he can do to build a winning culture. You said so yourself. These young pitchers respond well to pitching wins championships. What's going to happen with a guy like Kai Bush coming up? What's going to happen with a guy like Sam Bachman coming up? What's going to happen with a guy like Cooper coming up? Uh, you know, what's going to happen to Kenny Rosenberg coming and staying up? You yeah. know, there is a lot that, that can happen and will happen this offseason. I don't think getting a new manager – is an absolute priority this year. And you can tell that it isn't because Angels Twitter is pretty quiet about it. Yeah, sure, the season's still going. And honestly, Angels Twitter is more asleep than people in the nursery home past 630. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, is there's enough that's going on this offseason with the ownership change. I don't think we need to add the stress of getting a new manager when personally I don't think the manager is the issue. I don't think Joe Madden was the issue either, but I also don't think that Joe Madden was the solution. So leave it, you know, take that information with what you will. I agree. Uh, 
I would just say this though. The only question I have is with his impending two years coming up here in, in the general manager, Manassian, is he willing to marry uh, Nevin for those two years, you know, or does he have some, uh, a better, hotter uh, candidate in line to, to marry for those two years? That's the only question too is, is we'll if see. He, yeah, we'll see. That's the big, we'll see. My um, only, my only request is that it's a young and hungry guy. If it's not Nevin, so be it. But please don't let it be Don Mattingly. Please don't let it be Ron Washington. Please don't let it be a you know a guy who's seventy years old, doesn't know how to work a computer, and has to call their kid, and then's wondering like you know like when they Facetime them, hey, why do I have a dinosaur face? Because they can't learn how to turn off that filter feature where you you're a funny animal. <laughs> That's all I ask. Not a okay. person wakes up at five in the morning. To go to, I was going to say the Waffle House, but they don't have those in California. Uh, you know, to go to the Denny's or the IHOP. <laughs> That's true. We'll we'll have to see definitely because. Yeah. Fun fact: Todd loves IHOP coffee. I do. It's it's delicious. <laughs> Very delicious. There you go. There. <laughs> Steve Elise actually likes it too. We've been to several IHOPs actually. She loves the coffee. So there you go. <laughs> um moving forward here we got a couple more news and notes here uh trash pandas get eliminated uh they had a serious team that had a serious run in them but they lose two of three to get knocked out of the postseason pretty early but trash pandas moving forward you know i don't think they're going to continue with this roster next season they'll have some good guys coming up from the sixers uh to talk about next year but guys like netto uh, who, uh, like you mentioned earlier, we're going to probably have an interview with him coming up here pretty soon. Yeah, Kai Bush and, and uh, like you said, Bachman, a lot of players that could be making the jump pretty quickly to the ball, the big ball club up here. Um, moving forward, Trash Panda's success, and uh, what do you see from these players like Neto, Bush, and Bachman moving forward for next season? Uh, man, those that, that team was fun to watch. You know, I, a whole season of highlights. Um I really like the attitude. I really, really, really like the winning attitude. We have said it a hundred times that, you know, you build a culture from within. The Angels have been getting it wrong for the last couple seasons where they try to buy these missing stopgap pieces. You know, they get the Rendons, they get the Pujols, they get the Hamiltons, the Wells. And if you don't believe me and you think I'm an idiot, and, you know, you're, you're like, Fernando, you're a dumbass. What do you mean that, you know, you build winning cultures from the minors? You know, how many playoff wins have we had over the last decade? And it's because the minors have not been a priority. You know, they haven't been properly taking care of the minor leaguers. They haven't been giving these guys anything to be excited about. But finally, I'm not going to say they're still taking care of the minor leagues because, I mean, you and I have had off-air conversations proving that Artie is not a winning owner. Artie does not care about the minors at all. Uh, it's actually kind of disgusting, some of the things that I've had to tell you guys. But, uh, and that we've talked about. But it's just, I'm happy that we're finally seeing some productivity out of the minors, right? The 66ers made it. Sure, they didn't have a deep playoff run either. But what we're seeing here is young guys learning how to play together. And hopefully they're going to slowly come up. And next year we'll see the Salt Lake Bees make the playoffs. And, you know, then the trash pandas will make it again. And then all of a sudden we have a new slew of guys in the Sixers who were recently drafted and they made the playoffs. And all of a sudden all three of our, or, you know, three out of our four, maybe even the uh, Dust Devils make it. And then we have four minor league teams that make it. 
and then it trickles to the Angels. You know, that's all we can hope for because that's what wins championships these days. Exactly. I don't want to be an organization that's known for, hey, we got a couple nice shiny toys in AAA. We got a couple nice shiny toys in AA and so on. And they're not winning. You know, we talked about an Angels way that that was a joke, you know, that they would just double plays, they lose a this, this, and that losing culture. What you're talking about is a winning culture from top to bottom. And I like that. And yeah, you know, there's some warts on this franchise to where they need to absolutely change. And I think that'll come with a new owner. It's not going to come with Artie. Artie's a piece of crap. We've all established that. But it is fun to see, like you said, you're putting together a oh, team. We've all established that? Yeah, I think we have. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's established Not that. everybody, just... but some, but we have him, and, and yeah. our fans have. Listen, yeah. I should say. Exactly. There's some people that still think he's a god, but uh, <clears throat> Soto. Uh, but uh, you know, we won't uh, get into that. Um, but but this friend, like like you said, when you talk about when you just talked about a team playing so good and being good from uh, you know organization, you know, and certain minor league teams that you know or their organizational minor league teams winning. You know, maybe a guy like Soto would get lost in the shuffle and would not be so good if if the minor leagues are just focusing in on two guys, their best prospects getting up there. They're obviously changing. They're trying to win as a team. And if you're if you're teaching team oriented goals, team oriented oriented uh, winning philosophy, it's going to translate. And maybe a guy like Soto now it shines because of that, makes it to the roster because, and he has. And other players are going to come through this organization not expecting just to get a cup of coffee in the minors, do their things, not care about, care about their teammates. When you see the, the Salt Lake Bees, the Sixers, and the Trash Pandas, this for the first time in my lifetime, and especially online, you're seeing a lot of videos of these guys having fun together, celebrating. It's, a, you know, it's just not, hey, I'm on the Trash Pandas. I'm looking to get my ticket to the Angels someday. You know, they're, they're – it's it's more of a team at attitude, and I like that. So I'm with you. Uh, I would love to see this continue, uh, and, and the winning culture to to flourish through the minors because all that can do is bring the overall roster up together. Yeah, yeah. I mean, here's hoping they do it right. You know, the Angels didn't rebuild when they probably should have. But, you know, this is almost like an internal rebuild. You know what I mean? They haven't traded any kind of big pieces. But so far, what they have done is allow these young guys to properly brew. And, you know, I'm liking the call-ups that Perry's made. I mean, when Silseth came up, he was really good his first two starts. And then they kind of figured him out. And then he went back down, you know, and now he, he was doing pretty good again with the track fan this end of the season. You know, now we're going to see what happens with Logan. And then, you know, they brought up Levon Soto, and he's doing good. So clearly the right call-ups are being made. So, you know, as of this point in Perry Retrust, you know, was this the year he wanted, that we wanted? No. But, you know, it does seem like the glory days might be back. Soon. Soon. We just got to hold on. You know, I predicted it that the Angels were going to make the wild card this year. They're going to flirt with the playoffs. They're going to make it in the playoffs. They were going to get eliminated first round. Maybe I'm a year off. Maybe that's next year. But at least in the minors, the organization is trending in the right direction. So we'll see. I agree. I, I, I like that. I think the, I think there's room for improvement. I think there's room for to turn this team around and get going and get and get hot again. Because uh, all we want to see as Angel fans is competitive baseball, and I think we can get to that. We've seen some flashes of it this year, 
and it doesn't seem too far off now that we've gotten to the end of the season that just a tweak here, a tweak there, some adjustments here, adjustments there. I think this team could be back at it. Um, one more piece of news and notes uh, here. Um, there's been a lot of controversy this season for whatever reason. You you know, obviously social media, telephones, telephones, cell phones are everywhere. And you can record something and, you know, stuff that's happened for my lifetime is now becoming a bigger issue because everyone's recording. And um, <clears throat> just because, uh, you know, a player does not sign an autograph uh, for one kid, it can go viral if presented the right way. And you could totally smudge a player's um, pretty much good standing with the fans over just one appearance or one non-appearance to a fan which he, you know, they don't take in consideration these guys are on schedules. And so whatever autographs they choose to give or not is up to them. And 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 I think that's where players or not players, fans are super, super duper creep uh uh was it creepy and also um greedy. Um so my question to you, uh, you've you've obviously heard about the trout thing. Um they're they're saying that he's a heel now, that he's another Tim Salmon. Do you agree with that or is this just blown out of proportion? I mean, obviously, it's blown out of proportion. I mean, Angels fans know that Trout is always signing for kids. You know, I mean, there's a line, right? I don't know where that video was taken. It looks like it was probably a hotel. Mm-hmm. And it looked like he definitely had somewhere to go, right? He had his luggage with him. He had yeah. what I'm presuming was a driver with him. Correct. So, clearly, he was going somewhere. So, you know... Please tell me how that makes Trout a bad guy. You know, we've all ran late somewhere. We've all been running, you know, trying to get somewhere. You know, maybe, you know, let's just say you work at Target, right? And you're, it's time for your break. And you're going to the, to the break room. And somebody stops you on the way to your break, which obviously you've been waiting for, what, two, three hours. Maybe you need to go to the bathroom. Maybe it's your lunchtime and you're starving and you just can't wait to go back there and eat that, you know, leftover chimichanga from last night. I don't know. But, you know, someone's like, hey, where's the bathroom? Or, hey, uh, where's the um, – where's your, your lube? Me and my husband are looking for a fun night. You know, it doesn't matter what it is. You know, you're on your way somewhere. You don't want to deal with it. You're just kind of like, hey, uh, you know, it's that way. It's aisle 23. Bye. And you just kind of dip out. Everyone's done that. It doesn't matter what it is, whether it was at work or, you know, you're trying to get somewhere, somebody asks you something or, you know, someone asks you if you got a, a spare dollar because they're hungry. Everyone's been guilty of it. You know, oh, sorry. You know, Trout said something to them. You know, did he? I, I even think he looked up and acknowledged them for a split second and kind of kept going. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, I've had the, the privilege of meeting Trout a couple of times. I've, I've gotten his autograph either four or five times and you know he he didn't owe me that he didn't owe me anything he doesn't owe anybody anything yet he's always signing things i i don't see the issue here i mean really do you no to me it's much to do about nothing it's uh it's it's honestly just guys who you know or or kids or whatever they're they're, they're looking for clout and just because they didn't get their uh their their autograph at the Pacific time that they were there, whether they did research to be at that hotel to kind of, I mean, it's kind of creepy in, in itself that you got fans kind of like hunting you down and uh, you know, but, but you're t- still taking the time. 
I mean, in, in all fairness, some of this stuff does eventually become common knowledge. I mean, I know where the away team stays uh, when they're in Anaheim. You know, there's only two options of where they stay. So, I mean, some of this stuff eventually becomes common knowledge. You know, maybe they were in like Arlington and they knew what hotel the Angels or the away team stays at. You know, yeah, but- and it, sometimes it's not that hard either. I mean, you know, people have inside sources. You know, we some of us have people we can text and be like, hey, yo, where did the team stay? And they can tell us. Yeah, but but yeah, think of it this way though. There's some people that would like that that don't mind that that would sign autographs all day, because maybe they feel like, oh my gosh, you know, I was this kid when I was younger. But then there's some guys that just they don't give a funk, you know, and and they'll be your Barry Bonds, and they don't care that you you know that you're wearing their jersey, and all this other stuff. They they'll just brush you off like they don't care. Uh, so so I think there's that fine line in between superstars. Uh, like you said, Trout's never been that type of guy. Uh, he's always been signing autographs. I I think he deserves a benefit of the doubt. Now, if you talk about Tim Salmon, on the other hand, he's built <laughs> yeah he's built up a little bit more of a repertoire of not signing autographs, you know, and not being there for the fans. He's no Gooby because I mean when we walked out of the oh, Angels, yeah. Gooby's the man of the people. <laughs> oh, dude, I wish I would have took a picture of it, bro. The last game we went to, which was the uh, the, the tailgate. We were coming down the the ramp, and he was by where they give away those, you know, sign up here for the credit card. You get a beach towel or whatever. Yeah. And he was right there, and I kid you not, there was over 200 people that were standing in line and crowding up that entire um, section to walk through. Like, you couldn't get past it. Everyone wanted to take pictures and video of him. And to his credit, in a non-COVID, whatever, COVID generation, whatever, he was shaking hands, holding babies, doing the presidential things, taking real <laughs> close pictures with people, and he stood there taking pictures with every last one of them. He didn't turn anybody down. I thought that was fantastic. Yeah. You're not going to get many goobies in, in professional sports, but when you do, you got to appreciate them because, yeah. like, you, like you said, I mean, if they're willing to take time out of their busy schedule to spend it with you, hey, man, that's really cool. Yeah, right. I, I'm pretty sure Gooby's married, but I mean, if he wasn't, man, it'd be like the rock star treatment where they're like, you know, <laughs> the panties are getting thrown at him and walking around <laughs> just with them all over. You, I mean, that that would be it for Gooby. You know what I mean? You mean no, he'd be, he'd no, be the seriously. Tom Jones of baseball. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, honestly, so if the next owner of the Angels was intelligent, they would make Gooby the, uh, the Magic Johnson of the Dodgers, and I'm positive about that. The, the positive <laughs> thing. I think. I like I what you did there. Think, I like. <laughs> honestly, like, Gooby would be just a great representative for the organization. Everyone loves him. People know him. He, he should be the face of, you know, like an ownership group. You know, I, I don't exactly know what the financials are, but he doesn't even need to really buy in. But he should definitely be the figurehead, right? He should be the guy that represents the organization. He does the press conferences at spring training. He, you know, he kisses the babies. He blesses the babies. You know, <laughs> he he does the the he hands the jersey to you know Dansby Swanson when he signs his inevitable giant contract with the Angels. He mm-hmm. does that kind of stuff. I, I, the next owner of the team would be really, really smart to get a guy like Gooby to do that. You know, he's a good-looking dude. I'm secure enough about myself to admit that. He's just a really, really good guy, and the people just love him. Literally, people love Gooby. Yeah, I think, I think, um, I think he's he's one of these guys where you know I really 
you know, am 100% on board with what you just said. Like, I could see him at a groundbreaking if the Angels were to build a, a baseball field for little leaguers. Um, he's yeah, just they that, wouldn't do that with uh, with Moreno here. No, they wouldn't. They, they did like tw- they've done it like twice, I think. And all they did was like retheme it in Irvine. Yeah, they just painted the fences. But uh, yeah. But I think I think what would happen though, if like say for instance the Warriors ownership group bought the team, I could totally see Gooby, like you said, get a few hundred thousand dollars extra a year to come in here and be like, hey, you know what? We're announcing the signing of so and so. And at the press conference, I'd like to like you to welcome the new third baseman, the new first baseman, the new pitcher. Um, hey, uh, the well, I'm cutting the ribbon on the uh, construction to the new Anaheim Angels Stadium where we're going to uh, refix the uh, stands, you know, refurbish it, or we're going to put in new restaurants or do that whole thing that I already want to do. He's a great ambassador. I mean, you like even if you hear him like on FS1 and he's doing those Gooby Tuesdays or he's doing – um, you know, uh, you know, Angels pregame or, or uh, Angels weekly stuff, and he's talking about former players. I mean, his the way he talks to you, and we've interviewed him several times. He makes you feel like you're the most important person right there. You know what I mean? Like, like, like he's having a a serious conversation about baseball, and he loves talking baseball. He's so animated, and he makes you feel like, damn. You're like the, you know, the best interviewer. You know what I mean? Like that's the vibes I get from him. That's why everyone makes fun of me because I get all giddy for Gooby because it's true, man. I mean, he he gives me good vibes. So I've never sat back and be like, oh, shit, we got to interview Gooby. It's like, oh, man, I can't wait, you know? Todd saying that the vibes are good is like <laughs> the most millennial thing I've ever heard him say. <laughs> Normally this guy's the get off my lawn. Uh, you know, back when I was a boy, I used to grow shoes in my backyard type of guy, so. <laughs> I had some wooden clogs. <laughs> there we go. There it is. I used to grow shoes in my backyard when I was growing up. You're like, what? Oh, how, what does that even mean? Yeah. No, but um, real quick, um, before we completely stir away from the trout thing, I want to say this. I hope that this is Mike Trout's villain origin story. We have not seen a Mike Trout with a fire up under his ass for a little while. I don't mean that to be completely disrespectful to Mike Trout. The guy's good at what he does, but he's very lax. He always has been lax. I And I, I know you hate LeBron James, and we talked about this on our group chat earlier today. But I really hope that this is his LeBron James in Miami moment, where he tells the fans, you know, you're returning back to your miserable life. I'm hoping this is that moment for him because I want to see a Mike Trout heel turn. We deserve a hungry Mike Trout. I mean, don't you think that that'd be fun to see? Like, you think Mike Trout's good now? Just wait until he knows he's that good. And he's there to prove that he's that good. And he's really like, you know what? I don't even need you guys to like me. Screw you and your autograph. Well, I mean, I think that would be pretty cool to see. I would like to, to personally see him do that. Like, let's just say the Angels got in the postseason with the Mariners, and you know how he owns the Mariners, and he goes off and he hits home runs, but he's like sort of like doing the Hulk Hogan thing to the crowd as he's rounding third base after a home Jesus, run. Jesus, talk about getting hit in the face or next that. But I mean, that's the kind of like 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 ruthless aggression that Vince McMahon would say, he's like, I want some ruthless aggression. And you know, and yeah, if, right. if, if he did that 
and, and did stuff like pointing to the crowd like, ah, got you again, like after a win. Jeez. And they did some sort of – I think that would, that would turn Trout into the ultimate hill. Dude, I just imagine – like so, the Angels are down in Game Two of you know the first round of the playoffs. Uh, you know they secured the division, and the Mariners are the wild card team. They won the wild card game, so now the division series, Angels versus Mariners. The Mariners somehow won Game One. Now Game Two is at Angel Stadium. Mike Trout hits a go-ahead three-run home run in the bottom of the eighth inning. He's rounding first base, stops on first base. Does the whole Kogan thing towards the first base side, runs to second, does that towards the outfield, and then does the same thing on third base, physically stopping? Dude, that'd be hilarious. <laughs> that I would... would be so here for that. <laughs> I know. You want to talk about the panties landing on the field. Boy, I'm telling you, and that's the thing, too. I mean, you, you had <laughs> – it's funny the fact that you had uh, last year um, – or not last year, but uh, you had uh, – uh, you had this guy, you know, when, when they did that thing with the pool holes and they did the whole arrow thing with uh, Fernando Rodney, um, yeah, I remember that. they made shirts out of that. Imagine, you know, what they would do if he did that Hulk Hogan thing in a playoff game. I mean, we would make shirts out of that. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think every, every podcast would, but, uh, oh, breaking news, yes, right? But we would have to use a cartoon image. That's true. <laughs> Everyone else could get copyright, but we, we, uh, we'll, we have to uh, do the cartoon. Um, breaking yeah, news. We haven't been hit with the season desist yet. So. No, not yet. We don't have yeah, any. Of no those. season desist yet for us. So we don't want. <laughs> well, as of this recording right now, I'm watching it. Logan Ohapi is one for one as an angel. He just singled up to center. So there you go. Kudos to him. Congratulations for your first. Yeah. Yeah, first hit as an angel. So there you go. I think that's his first major league hit. Nice. Not. I thought he had a cup of tea with the. Uh, the um Phillies. Uh Ali Crow if he did, but I'm pretty sure he did not. Oh, okay. I'm pretty sure his major league ETA was twenty twenty two, which implied that he has not made it. But yeah, if I'm wrong, I will gladly eat my words. Okay. All right. I'll have to look that up. But you you have anything else on the, the trout thing or uh no, not really. I mean, you know, I guess the biggest advice I have for any fans who get frustrated when somebody doesn't sign an autograph for you. And remember, I mean, I'm, I'm an autograph guy. You know, I have like 250 plus items autographed and all but like two of them, I got them autographed by hand. All my jerseys, the helmets, you name it. Everything but two things that were a gift, uh, which was like my, my Yunel Escobar jersey. And then I have like a Josh Hamilton card somewhere in there that was a gift. And a Vlad Guerrero card that was a good, that was signed. But anyway, um, you know, just remember these guys are people too. They like to get treated like people. You know, maybe it's a little different because we have this show. We've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of these guys who maybe a lot of people would fanboy over, including Todd. You know, so I've been kind of conditioned to it. But I mean, even when I worked at Petco as a dog trainer, I mean, you know, Mark Sweeney for the Padres was a, was a great major league pinch hitter. You know, and I just got so used to talking to him, but we became friends and, you know, just treat these people like they're people and good things will happen. You'll get autographs, you know, and eventually maybe if you're lucky enough, you'll become friends with them. Yeah. You never know. I mean, you got the Ty Buttry thing too. He's a good friend of yours now. So 
That's yeah, pretty yeah. cool. Yeah, fortunately, he's, he's become, him and his wife have become good family friends. So That's awesome. That is awesome. Well, we've had, we've talked a lot today. Uh, got a lot out. We hadn't been on in a couple of weeks here. We look to get back more into it. Um, we got one other thing to hit before we get out of here. Obviously, is what's to come for the off season for us. Uh, so once again, we really don't like throwing out some of the plans we have because I don't like to disappoint people if they don't happen. I mean, you know, ninety nine percent of the time when you know somebody says they they're going to come on, they come on. But yeah, so Neto's coming on, uh, Quero, uh, Quero is coming on from the 66ers, and then Watson also from the 66ers is coming on. And then, you know, I, I'm sure we can reach out to old friends of the show like Kenny Rosenberg. You know, I'm sure Ty would come on, and then, uh, you know, uh, Oltoff will come on too. Mm-hmm. So uh, we also have the Catella Awards with Catella Chronicles where we give out the, the bike awards. So, you know, we're going to have some categories like, you know, you know, the nacho player of the year, you know, they'll get their bike, you know, uh, Mm -hmm. the play of the year, that player who made the best play elected by the fans will get their Catella bike award, et cetera. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, I know we talked about doing some player dives where we talk about guys like, you know, Andrelton Simmons and his angel career. Maybe we'll cover guys like Eric Young Jr. in the month he had when he was dominant, where he replaced Mike Trout. You know, we're going to be doing stuff like that this offseason. So it'll be a fun offseason. Make sure to keep it here. You know, hopefully some of the fans start to come back because, you know, we've kind of lost our drive over the last week, week and a half, two weeks, and that's kind of been our fault. You know, Todd's been doing his thing. He's got some big news. I'll let him share that whenever he's comfortable. You know, we've been, I've been traveling. So, you know, with the lack of listenership, because the team's just been out of it since, you know, June, it's been hard to keep up with it, but we'll keep up with it this off season. Like we did last off season and it'll be a good time. Absolutely. Plus we've lost a couple team members in between. So <laughs> we've had to deal with that too. So we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be on a better note yeah. as we move forward. Cause we're going to solve things here in the off season and uh, you know it was a it was a really good start to the first half of uh, you know our first real season last season, and this year is our first full season. So I think we've learned a lot, and uh, like you said, we're going to get into some stuff that's going to be pretty interesting for the off season, and then uh, to carry into uh, year two and a half for for the the page. And uh, you know we've we've been through a lot, but I'm thinking good things are ahead for next season. Yeah, my, our, my goal is definitely to get you credentials. Oh, yeah, that'd be awesome. It's just like I got to watch my potty mouth. I mean, that might have something to do with it or just I, I got to watch uh, being so overly critical. I mean, I don't want to change who I am. I just yeah. feel I, I just feel I can't be a sellout like other people. And and I just want I want yeah, no, to be. Can't do that. No, I, I want to be as genuine as we've been since day one. Like since me and Fernando started this thing. Um, we, we just been who we are. We're real angel fans. Uh, we've been in the trenches a long time. We know this team in and out and, um, it's okay to boo. It's okay to criticize, but you know, we're just as optimistic. If you heard this podcast this entire time, we haven't been ripping the team. We've been talking about a lot of things that could go right. And, uh, and, and we're trying to talk up the players that even, you know, uh, Fernando uh, who had, you know, I had, you know, saying, hey, pointing out his negatives, Fernando brought him back up and said, hey, you know, Stassi could turn around next year. He could be that secondary guy. So 
for a lot of flack that we get, a lot of people tend to miss out that we are positive about this team. We want this team to win. Absolutely. Nobody likes covering a losing team. I mean, I'm a Coyotes fan. There's a reason I don't have a Coyotes podcast. <laughs> you know, that would just be rough. Yeah. So, but, you know, at the end of the day, I we want this team to succeed. Everyone on this page, everyone who follows our page wants this team to succeed. We make jokes along the way. Sure, absolutely. But, you know, we, I, I just want ownership to realize that we love this team. And, you know, we're not the only ones that are critical. I mean, you know, Sam Blum's critical of the team. Jeff Fletcher calls it like it is. You know, so what's the issue? You know, I mean, I listen to a Coyotes podcast. They do a great job, PHNX Coyotes. They're critical about the team, yet they get to go on the ice. They get to do post-game interviews. At the end of the day, we have the same common goal here. And we've been fortunate enough to do, what, 30 to 40 player interviews with guys from the organization currently, guys in the Angels universe like Jeff Fletcher. You know, Gooby's been on multiple times. You know, Rich Waltz. We've had some big profile interviews. Scott Spezio. You know, I mean, I, I was texting with Scott Spezio about the state of the current Angels team. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how come these people recognize that our hearts are in the right place, yet ownership didn't like us being critical? That's what it essentially boils down to. But we'll see. We'll see. At the end of the day, we don't need that to validate what we do. You know, you and I validate, you know, each other, if you will. You know, people participating in the question of the day, continuously booking more interviews than we could have ever dreamed of validates what we do that's how you establish dominance and that's what we would do with credentials anyway you know all we're all we would be doing is missing a step you know and the only thing would be you know maybe getting a little more personal with some of these guys but you know it doesn't get much more personal than texting or having dinner with some of them anyway so you know you know halos in the infield is going to keep doing our thing we're going to keep proving that we're the dominant ones you know we didn't join the league to ride benches if you know what i mean Exactly. And we'll, and we'll prove it, you know, and they'll see it and we'll, we'll gain, we'll gain as we go. And I think we've already set our reputation pretty high. So I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fault us for whatever mistakes we, because again, we're not perfect. We made some mistakes, but I'm telling you one thing, we've gotten on base a lot more than the the hitters have, you know, we've, we've done a lot of good uh, for this team and uh, talking about the team and also bringing the community together. So I feel really good about what we've done and moving ahead too. So I'm all on board. Um, anything else, Fernando, before we leave? No. I mean, I'm assuming this might be our last podcast of the normal regular season, maybe. We well, might think, do one more, but I mean. Yeah, I think we might do one, like you said, to get the, you know, to give final grades and sum up the yep. season, maybe. Okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. And I know we were supposed to do one, you know, with everyone from the Angels universe. So, you know, we'll try to get Swilly on if she's down. I know Dominic's down and, you know, you know James, hopefully Randy. Hopefully we can just get everyone together from the page at least one time to talk about all that went good and all that went bad. I know the Halo Bros want us to come on so we can talk about three positives and three negatives from the season. So we'll have to touch base with them. And then I know we're going to do the Catello Awards. So definitely keep it tuned here to Halos in the infield. Honestly, any of you guys who have been keeping up with us throughout this horrendous season, honestly, we can't thank you guys enough. I mean, you know, doing the podcast is so much fun. I mean, look right now, doing this show alone has kept me awake for my last two hours as I pull up to my hotel here in Little Rock, Arkansas, and try not to make eye contact with anybody who might (laughs) mug me or steal my Xbox 
that's in my bag. I just want to eat my crappy Taco Bell because everything's closed, Todd. Everything's closed. I was hoping to have a steak dinner, Todd, but I'm rolling in too late and everything's closed. So I have to eat Taco Bell. Just go for some Waffle House and then for lunch tomorrow, some local barbecue. I know they have some really good barbecue in Little Arc, uh, Little Rock. So I'll be in Memphis tomorrow, which Memphis has really good barbecue as well. Yes. Just stay out of certain cities. Like I've warned you before, please. If Fernando goes you missing tomorrow. You already know that I have to go to those cities. We already <laughs> talked about that. I've already specifically told you that I have to go to those. <laughs> I just say, no, be careful, my man. Be careful. Uh, I will try. I'll do my best. <laughs> All right. If, yeah, if anything, if somebody sketchy comes near me, I'll just kind of start like talking to myself. Yeah, yeah. There you go. That way they're like, dude, this guy's crazy. <laughs> Yeah, just start just start flinging your arms around and talking to yourself. You'll be all right. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll mouth something about I need to get my monkey suit from the dry cleaner, or I'll say something along the lines of, "Oh, I want to put the Taco Bell in my bathtub tonight." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it puts the lotion in the bucket. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> all right, uh, all right, Fernando. Well, for Todd Fox and. The Lone Star Halo, Fernando. In Little Ark, Arkansas. Have a good night, day, or evening, and go Angels. Viva Los Angelitos.